Welcome to Today Forward, a teaching ministry to help you begin living a life of victory starting today. Scripture says, forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. As you hear the Word of God and receive your own understanding, you'll become equipped to put the past behind you and move today forward. And now here's Terry and Mitch. Terry, we're going to talk about faith. It's a big subject. (laughs) A very big subject. And we struggle with that. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews 11.1. Yes. And that's what we struggle with because we can't see it. We need to understand what faith is. How do you define faith? Faith is believing, right? Faith is this. Faith in God and not in man. That's it. Yeah. Having faith in what God says, God's Word. What we struggle with is the fact that we can't see it. That's right. But it's evidence. (laughs) (laughs) And evidence is what convicts somebody. Faith is something that is brought up out of your spirit because it's the Spirit of God that produces that faith. Hebrews 11, and I want to jump to 3 because it's going to define what we're talking about here. You bet. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. That is the key, by the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God's Word created everything. The heavens, he created the stars, the moon, the earth. Everything we could possibly need. Yes, he, he provided everything for us. So we do have that physical manifestation of things that God has created. Now we have to believe all that by faith, don't we? That, that sure. he is the creator of all this because God is a spirit and we can't see God. And that's the problem we have, is that God is a spirit, and we're in this fleshly body where we have our five senses, which is hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, and touching. And that's how we try to relate to God a lot of times, is through those five senses. And we can't do that. That's where we get into lacking faith and unbelief. Because it goes on in verse 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Him, which is God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This whole context in Hebrews is dealing with faith, basically. The Hebrew writer, which I believe is Paul, if we go back to chapters 8, 9, and 10, he's trying to reassure them to build their faith up and telling them there is now a new covenant we now have in Christ. You can't see this new covenant. You have to have faith and believe in what Jesus did on the cross for you. And that was the difficulty the priests were having, because these were priests that were saved. They came to the Lord, but they were wanting to revert back to their old ways. So they could see something? Yes. Sure, in in the natural. And it's no different for us today. We suffer from that same thing. We're trying to relate to God in our physical senses. And we have to get in our minds and realize that that's not how God's going to relate to us. He's going to relate to us by faith in the Spirit that now dwells within us. Exactly. Man has suffered from this problem of of, uh, lack of faith. Unbelief. Unbelief, yes, since the beginning of time. Because I was wondering, why did man worship rocks, worship the moon, 
and things of that nature. We read about that and we try to understand that. How could someone worship a rock? Or how could someone worship a moon? Because there's nothing there. They didn't worship the Creator. They wanted to see something? They could say, well, that's my God? Yes. Okay. And, it, and we have that here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with the first verse. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Verse 2, this is the verse I want us to meditate upon and, and think about. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. He's referring to worshiping <laughs> idols, yeah. the rocks. And in verse 3, he says, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, not by some dumb rock. Wow. It is the Spirit of God that dwells within us. And we have to have faith and believe that that Spirit of God dwells within us. We have to have faith and believe that Jesus paid the price for our sins. If we don't have that faith... You don't have anything. No. And that's what we struggle with, is believing and accepting by faith that Jesus provided it all for us. That's why we always have to go back to the Word, which uh, this is our mirror. The Word is our mirror so that we can see who we are now in Christ. So through repetition, you learn by faith who you are, that you are a new creature, old things have passed away, all things have become new, and it's by faith that this happens. So you're strengthening your faith by reading the Word of God, so that this belief in something you can't see becomes real. This faith, Scripture describes as evidence of things not seen, become real. Yes, the apostles suffered from that as well, didn't they? Oh, sure. Thomas? Thomas. John chapter 20, verse 24. And this is talking about doubting Thomas. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. They saw a physical, manifest physical manifestation of his glorified body, yes. yes. So he said to them, Unless I see... He was still trying to relate to the Lord hmm. by his senses. His faith was lacking at that point in time. They also did not have the Holy Spirit dwelling That's within. That's correct. And so, see, we still suffer from this today where we try to relate to God by what we can see, feel, taste, smell, and touch, especially by our feelings. Yes. We do. And it goes on to say this, Unless I see his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. He had to see it. He had to see it. He had to, to see that with his own eyes and touch it with his hands and hear God in order to believe. Hmm. He had to see it to believe it. In verse 27, we're going to jump down to verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, this is Jesus, then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. So really, he's trying to build his faith up, isn't he? Yes. With his five senses. Yes, that's exactly what he's doing. 
Because the Lord understands they lack faith because they have not received the Spirit of God yet. The Lord was pretty gracious to Thomas, wasn't he? That's who God is, isn't it? Yeah. Love and compassion and kindness. He said, come here, Thomas. I love you. Look. And he does the same thing for us. What a gracious God. (laughs) I'm going to go on and read this because Mm. it, it says here in verse 28, And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Wow. Because of what he saw and felt. And in verse 29, And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And right now, everyone listening to this, we all fall into that category. We have not seen Jesus. It's all by faith believing that Jesus paid the price for our sins. Can you read that again? There's so much in that. Jesus said to him, verse 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. And then he says this, Blessed are those, blessed, that's all of us. I know. That believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. How are we believing? It's by faith. That scripture we quote so often, Romans ten seventeen. faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're believing and having faith in that word that has been spoken to us. And that spoken word comes by the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through an individual touching our spirit. And then we yield ourselves to what the Spirit is telling us. That's the developing of our faith yeah. in believing in that and trusting in that. And only believe. Yes. And that's what <laughs> Jesus was always trying to teach. Faith. In fact, we have another example of that. And we're going to use quite a few examples because it's so important here to understand that it's all by faith, and that's what Jesus was trying to teach us, is to have faith in God. Because that's what happened through the fall of mankind with Adam and Eve. They lacked faith. Their faith dropped off for a little bit, and they believed the lie. And that's exactly what happened. And that's what Satan tries to do with us. He tries to, as soon as we begin to doubt a little bit, and he gets a little crack, he's going to come in there and, and plant a thought that, were you really born again? Is this all true? You know, on and on and on. His deceptions will go if you let it. But if you, by faith, believe, you can say, my God says he loves me. And he did everything he possibly could at the cross to redeem me. Wow. It's just amazing what our believing gives us. We receive it all by believing. Mm. And by believing the word is what we're believing in and trusting in. Because that's what believing is, that's what faith is, and that's what the word trust means. We're just trusting in everything that God has has spoken to us about in his word. And we have an example of that. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 7. And this is the centurion. And I I meditated upon this for quite a while because it's it's such a good analogy. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9 because it's important to understand the faith and the authority of the centurion. He understands authority. He understands faith. Now, when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, the centurion, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. 
And when they came to Jesus, they bade him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. So the Jewish leaders went on the behalf of the centurion to plead with Jesus, because it goes on to say this, For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Verse 6, Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Now here we're going to get to the, to the heart of this. And this is the, the portion I love, verses 7, 8, and 9. Therefore I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. He has faith and believing in who Jesus is. And he says, all you have to do, you don't even have to come. I don't even have to see you. I have faith enough and believe in you. All you do is have to speak the word and it'll happen. He'll be healed. It goes on to verse 8. For I also am a man placed under authority and having soldiers under me. So he understands authority there, doesn't he? Sure. He understands that authority by the spoken word. And we go on to read this. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to the other, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Soldiers understand authority. Well, they, they better. They're going to be in trouble. <laughs> and, <laughs> but this, this, he knew authority. He knew authority. He knew all he had to do was speak the word, and it was going to happen. Whatever he commanded to take place. That's why he could relate to Jesus. And understanding Jesus' power and authority. And he had faith in that. Just like the centurion gives a command, he has faith in believing it's going to be carried out. Just like a general in the army, he gives an order, and he doesn't actually go down to follow this chain of command to the private and watch him finish the uh, order. But he has faith in believing in his subordinates. Yes. Will, will carry out his command. Right. They don't doubt. They don't dispute. They follow orders. The Lord is is the supreme source of power in, in this, is what this centurion is saying here. I believe. Yes. That's and great. I understand authority. And you're the man. That's it. That's wow. It. And it goes on in verse 9, and Jesus recognizes this. When Jesus heard these things, because he hasn't talked to the centurion, has he? No. He sent messengers to him. Right. And Jesus was, was so amazed by this, and he marveled at him. He turned around and said, so he turned around to the people that were following. He turned around to the apostles, and he says, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And that's including the apostles. And that's something. And the centurion, he's not Jewish. But he believes and he understands the power of words and authority. Wow. And that's what we need to to start to build up our faith. We need to start believing God's word and stand on his word of what he says. And he says we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. Through faith. That's in Ephesians 4, 8. We're saved by faith through grace, not of ourselves. It is a, 4, 8. Wow. It's a gift yes. of God. It's a gift. Now, you just need to meditate upon that and accept that and believe that. 
and realize there's nothing you can do to be saved other than just have faith and believe in God and what he's provided for you. And we need that basic foundation of understanding that. Because if you don't understand this basic foundation of just having faith in God, you're not going to develop or go any further. You're just going to stay where you're at. Sure. And you're going to be struggling with this faith. Am I saved? Am I not saved? But God says, believe and have faith that now we've received the Holy Spirit of God. We have to believe right now by faith that everything that happened in our past no longer have us in bondage. We can be set free from all that. By faith, we have to believe in that and stand on that. If we don't have faith in that word, we're helpless. We're back to worshiping rocks again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rocks and moon and whatever. Yes. This guy, he's, he sent his servants out. And in 6, it says, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee. He didn't even want to, he didn't feel worthy to even go. He sent his servants. That's being humbled like a child. Yes. Even though he's captain or whatever his rank, he's humbling himself as a child in the presence of God, knowing that Christ has more authority than him. Yes. And that's what we're to do, is humble ourselves like a child and by faith believe in Jesus and what God has provided for us. Excellent. Yes. Okay, next phrase. But say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. You know, in this whole portion of Scripture, I never see where Jesus said, be healed. No. (laughs) Jesus never spoke, except to the crowd and told them about this man's faith. Wow. By this man's faith, his servant was healed. That's it. The servant, the one who was sick, wasn't even in the equation. That's right. He sent sent his servants. He sent his servants. He sent his servants because he believed. Yes. He had faith. And And realizing that man was helpless. And just because he believed, his servant was healed. Because the Lord never spoke. That is amazing. He said, say the word. And if you read verse 10 ends this portion of scripture, and I never read in there that Jesus said, okay, servants, you go back and say, I spoke the word that the servant is healed. It was amazing. It's all by that faith and believing. It was the combination, wasn't it? Of believing in the Lord, believing in Jesus. So it was a combination without that man's faith and believing in Jesus. There was, no, there was no healing going to come apart. So he sent other servants out. Yes. And, and the Lord says, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. That's quite a statement. Yeah. And because, because of this man's faith, his servant is healed. That's it. It's just convicting me. Where is my faith? It, I mean, makes, you, it makes you reflect, doesn't it? That's it. Now, you know it's what? Not, it's Don't not you... condemnation or anything. It's just, I want more of this kind of faith. Don't you imagine the apostles and everyone following said, did the same thing? <laughs> sure. Had the same thought? Well, where's my faith? Yes. And obviously they lacked that a little bit because the previous, about doubting Thomas in John 20. Sure. They lacked faith. They Even didn't after... really believe until they had the <laughs> physical manifestation and they could feel and touch it. Yes. That's this what... was after the cross. <laughs> I mean, yes. you're Thomas was after the cross yeah. now. And this is before. Yeah, this is the centurion story is, is before the cross. Wow. That, that is amazing faith. Yeah. 
That's the faith we want to grow into. Yes. Because when we come to the Lord, we just have saving faith, and that's it. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, but we still do not have faith and rely upon that Holy Spirit yet either. We still do not have faith in believing whatever we ask in God's name, it'll happen. The centurion did, though, didn't he? Yes, he did. By the power of words. He said, by your word, I believe whatever you say will happen. It was his understanding of authority that propelled him into that, that belief. He knew. He knew how authority worked. Once we understand our authority. That's a good thought. Our authority comes from God by our believing. And it's all because of his faith. He's given us the fruit of the spirit we talk about a lot. One of those fruits is faith. The fruit of faith he provides for us. And I'm reminded of James. Faith without works is dead. Whoa. What's that talking about? That's talking about. I have that faith dwelling within me, and if I believe in that, it's that's going to show up. It's going to manifest. Yes. It's ah, going to manifest ah, in your life. So that's what's meant by faith without works is dead, because you're not going to do any works until you have faith. Yes. When you totally rely upon the Lord. If you go out and stand in the intersection and try to stop traffic, you don't have the authority you don't have the uniform you don't you know you're just out there as a civilian people are going to start waving at you funny and hollering at you saying what gives you the right but we now as born again believers have this right this authority to call on this spirit of god and use this authority that's how we develop that faith is by understanding the authority we have that's what we're trying to do is understand our position in Christ. We stand by faith, and Paul says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. And this is Paul talking to the Corinthians. And he's trying to build them up. And he says this, Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy. And he says this little caveat at the end. For by faith you stand. That means each individual has to stand by faith with his relationship with the Lord. I can't do it for you, you can't do it for me, and we can't do it for the listeners. What we're doing is trying to build their faith up where they will seek the Scriptures and stand on their own. That's right. And getting their own revelation. That's right. That's what this is all about. That's how we started to grow. By faith, reading the Word, and by faith, believing that Mm -hmm. I can ask God, that I can talk to God, just like I'm talking to you, and say, Lord, reveal things to me. I have to believe by faith, then I receive revelation through the Holy Spirit. I have to believe that by faith. Everything is by faith, but you won't develop that faith until you start reading the Word and communicating with God. Faith comes by hearing. Yes, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, by that Holy Spirit of God. And it takes time. Yes, and see, we're we're very impatient, aren't we? Oh. Because we can go back to start worshiping rocks again, because we can see that. That doesn't require effort, does it? That's right. I can look at that rock over there, and it's easier for me to look at that rock than to believe and have faith in something I can't see. Absolutely. But I now have faith. You now have faith. We all have that measure of faith dwelling within us. Sure. The same measure of faith that God has given us. That's right. That's right. 
And now what we're wanting to do is draw that faith out. Amen. We've accepted that faith <laughs> through salvation. Now let's build upon that. Yes. Let's what get this process to... rolling. Yes. And that's <laughs> what we want to teach others to do. Yeah. And step out in faith. I'm just learning. A lot of what we've covered so far is just revelation from the Holy Spirit of God that's dwelling in us, in me. And I'm, I'm just accepting it. I'm just believing it by faith. And we digest it by the Word. Yes. What is spoken, because God has given us the answers here in the Word. So if I say something, then we go back and we research it. Or if you say something, we go back and research it in the Word to make sure that we're on track and not going left or right. We're walking down the straight row. It's not in the Word. It's not we truth. It. It's the not truth. truth. We want people to walk by faith. I hope we've made that clear enough that people can begin to grasp that it's a process of growing in the faith we already have. And we're given a good foundation for yes. this. I think we need to conclude right now and just let folks meditate upon the scriptures we've given them and let them research it for themselves. And we'll just pick up and go further into this in the next session.